Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Ephesians chapter 4, if you have a copy of God's Word. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, I think they'll have it on the screens. I did deliver these notes a little later than normal, so um, it's not their fault if they're not up there. It's my fault um, for putting them in a little bit later than I usually do. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 21. Uh, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. I love verse 23. It starts with the word instead. We serve an instead God. He just doesn't tell us what not to do. He just doesn't give us rules and regulations on how to behave and to follow protocol and rules and rituals and religion. He is an instead God, which means he will give you the solution to put in place of whatever you're throwing off. It's a good God that we serve because a a, a lot of us are good at throwing off things, but we serve a God that won't only tell us to throw it off, but he'll allow us and tell us to what tell us what to put in its place. That's called atonement. That's called replacement. We serve a God that inserts a solution where we have a gap. So when you throw off the old you, what do I do? God says, this is what you should do. I'm giving you the answer. Not only am I the answer, I'm going to give you the answer is what God says. He says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts (laughs) and attitudes. Some of you still got an old attitude. Don't look at them right now. You know who I'm talking about. The elbows are flying right now. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. I love this. Verse 24. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I would like to preach to you for the next couple of moments on the subject, the me you can't see. The me you can't see. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We stand on its truth. We are about to study. We open it up and we ask that you would reveal its truth to the depths of our soul. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, may it be like a light piercing darkness today. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for your word. Thank you because we don't have to be the old us. We can step in to the new us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We are continuing week two of our series titled Mirror, Mirror, and I'm titling this message, The Me We Can't See. How many of you know that there's a couple versions of you? This is not the Saturday morning version of you. The sleeping version of you, right? This is not the, the, the version of me that you see right now. Is not the version I had about two hours ago back there when, when I came in here with my pajamas, Right? You, I almost thought about preaching in my sweatpants, in my sweatshirt, in my snow cap that I wear to study and in my comfort clothes. But that's the me that you don't see. The me that you see right now is a different version of me on the outside. But I don't want to talk to you today about what's on the outside. I don't want to talk to you about fashion, even though I'm really trying hard today. I don't know if you notice. I literally got a couple emails from some friends of mine that were watching last week's message, and they made fun of my, my cufflinks rolled up. And they said that the, the, the early 2000s called, and they said that uh, they thought that the sermon was outdated. 
They said, they said, I thought the message was old, that you replayed an old message. I said, really? You're going to do that to me like that? I said, I'll show you. I got it. If you want me to show you, I can show you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just not here to preach to you about the me that you see. Because the me that you see is just surface. The, the, the me that you see isn't really that important. And the, the me that I see right now isn't really that important. But the, the, the you that God sees and, the, and, the, and the, you, the, the me that God sees, that's really important. And that's where I want to I dive deep today into areas in your life that I cannot see. And the, the one area that comes up multiple times in the scriptures at both of our campuses is our thoughts. Can't see my thoughts. Our thoughts, our mind is so powerful and so uh, fragile to the attack of the enemy. If the enemy can't steal your soul because it's saved by grace and there's nothing he can do to separate you from the love of God, because your soul is saved, he will try to distort and disrupt your mind. He will, he will do his very best. Because he can't get your soul, he will try to get your mind. That's why it's very clear in this passage in Ephesians. It says to renew your mind, your thoughts and attitudes. All of that happens within. It's the me you can't see. It's the me you can't see that really matters the most. A lot of us work on the, the me we can see on the outside, but I believe that there's power in our mind. You want me to show you how powerful the mind is? I've met people who change their mindset, and when they change their mindset from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, nothing changed around them, but their perspective changed within them. And when they begin to see things differently, things begin to look differently from the inside out instead of allowing the outside to pressure inward. When your mind changes, nothing can change around you. But if you declare with your mouth what your mind has already predetermined, you can see something new happen that has never happened before. I'll prove it to you. There's a story in the scriptures called uh, the prodigal son. I don't know if you've heard the story of the prodigal son. There are two brothers. They both have inheritances. One of them gets it prematurely. The other brother decides to stay with the father back in the family farm. But the, the younger brother heads out to the, to the club. He heads out to watch that fight last night at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's so ridiculously late, which is crazy. He spends all of his money betting that Conor McGregor would smash that dude's face, cowboy's face in, in 40 seconds. And he does it. And he spends all of his money. And he squanders all of his money away. And, and he parties away, and he gets to a place where he has nothing left. A lot of these people didn't watch the fight last night because nobody's like, what are you talking about? It doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's irrelevant. It's on the outside. Um, and, and, and here's what happens. He, he squanders all his money. He has to get a job at another farm that's not his father's farm. And anytime you try to leave your father's domain, anytime you try to leave the territory that your father has planned for you, anytime you leave the scope of your dad and you begin to work for someone other than your heavenly father, you begin to realize, and he get, he, it, this is what the Bible says, nothing changes around him, okay? He's feeding the pigs, he's eating the, slum, the, the food of the pigs, and nothing changes. It says, here's what the Bible says, it says, he came to his senses. He didn't win a lottery on a scratch-off ticket. No one came up to him and said, hey, you need to come to your senses. Literally, he's, he's probably wrist deep in pig feed. He's slopping the pig food, and he go, his mind changes. And here's what he says. He says, surely the servants in my father's house are treated better than this. 
he began to think with his mind about his father's house. And when he came to his senses in his mind, he then changed his direction with his feet. Some of you are still stuck at a farm that does not belong to your father, and you need to come to your senses and allow the renewing of your mind to take you out of the captive place that you are in and into freedom. You're limited by your thought life. You're limited by your thoughts. Your thoughts aren't being renewed enough. And when your thoughts are controlled by the devil, then what you will get are results that the devil desires for you. Though your soul is saved, your mind is controlled. The me you can't see is my thoughts. And what I, I think God is really interested in in your identity is you allowing to have allowing yourself to put on a new mindset. I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. The Bible talks a lot about thoughts and a lot about our mind. Colossians 3 says, if you have been raised with Christ, I'm speaking to the believer today. If you're not a believer, we're so glad you're here. You're going to have an opportunity to join the family of God right at the end of this message. And we're believing that everyone here will leave here with eternal security, knowing that where, where they will go when they die. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. I'm down in the dumps. That's not where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Your mind is so powerful that it has the ability to make you convinced of things that God did not create about you. But when you put on the mind of Christ, when you put on a new mind, you are able to see the, the, the things that we can't see. Your thoughts, your thought pattern is able to see yourself as God designed you. The first thing that you can't see, I got four things you can't see, but God can redeem. The first thing you can't see is my brain. Can y'all see my brain right now? It's not a lot. It's rolling around in here. Not much to it. First thing you can't see is my brain. There is a brain in here, neurons. Sensory receptors going off right now, making sure that I, I, I'm, I'm taking in all these things. I can, with my sight, I can see a red light on the camera, so I know that that camera is on me right now. With, with, my, with my hand, I'm, I'm, I'm holding this microphone. I can, I can feel the air. All, I can hear the microphone. I can hear my I can hear you guys shout me down, and I love it so much. Y'all know, y'all, my love language is words of affirmation. This church knows. I need somebody to say amen. You know what I'm saying? I'm, my, my brain is, all, is firing right now on, on all cylinders. On all, why? Because my mind is at work. Your mind is at work right now. You, you have the ability to do multiple things at once. At least the ladies here in the room have the ability to do multiple things at once. You can, you can listen to what I'm saying and grab a tissue at the same time. You, could, you can listen to what I'm saying and text the grocery list at the same time. Like, <laughs> Fellas, just listen to me because we only get one thing. But the ladies have this thing in their mind. Their mind is a powerful thing. But the brain is not wired for success. The brain is actually wired for survival. That's why you can't remember verses. The brain doesn't see verses as something for survival. Or it, 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 it needs food. It needs water. It needs shelter. It needs clothing. And so it's, it's, very, it's very powerful, but it's very hard to retain information that doesn't, that's not needed for survival. But 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says this. We use God's mighty weapons. I love the weapons that we got. 
not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So we're using God's weapons to destroy human reasoning. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture, I love this so much, we capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You are the police for your random, rebellious thoughts. I came to declare and to tell you that you are under arrest. If a thought comes into my mind that does not belong to God, click, 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 click. Do you know what that sound is? That's the sound of the handcuffs of me captivating my thoughts that don't belong. And I am going to remind them that my mind belongs to Christ. You're under arrest today. Oh, I am not who the world says I am. I am who God says I am. I will not lease out space to things that do not line up with God's will for my life. I am not the landlord for things that don't line up with God's word. So I got to find every thought and I got to get my handcuffs and I got to arrest it. You're going to jail. Why? Because I got to make you obey Christ. Thoughts don't do what you want them to do. You are the bounty hunter for the demonic activity that is happening in your brain. You got to serve papers. Y'all remember Dog the Bounty Hunter? Cool guy, man. Yeah, cool guy. Great show. Great binge-worthy show. Youngins, it's a great show. Praise and stuff like that while smoking a cigarette. It's perfect. It's just excellent. He is there to capture people that, that, are, that are not in right standing. Your mind has thoughts that are not in right standing with your identity. And it is not, hear me, it's not God's job to capture those thoughts. It's actually our job. It's actually our job to be the bounty hunters for the demonic thoughts that come I'm just not enough. I'm just not going to make it. What you're doing is you're vocalizing thoughts that you're supposed to be captivating and arresting them. And it says they're making them obey Christ. Locked up. Locked up. I want to see mug shots for your old mindset. It's fun to look at mug shots. Y'all ever got caught looking at mugshots before? Y'all, none of y'all seen that thing at the, gro- at, the, at the gas station? Y'all seen it. Y'all seen the slammer. Don't act like, so many fake people in this church. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Y'all be looking at that slammer, trying to find your third cousin in there. You need to have a journal that is like the slammer for your soul. These are all the thoughts that I've held captive. And you can look through. No, I'm not a divorcee. I'm a child of God. No, I, 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 I'm not too extra. I'm a child of the king. You begin, what you begin to do is you begin to take those thoughts and you arrest those thoughts and you put them under submission. Your thought life will mess you up because you're saved. What will happen is you'll, you'll, you'll stay saved, but you won't be sane. So the devil can't take your salvation, but he can take your sanity. So what, you, what, what the Bible clearly states is that the mind is something that needs to be controlled, and it's a muscle that needs to understand what... See, if you just allow your mind to wonder, it will never take you to the places God has for you. 
Mental health is a real thing. Mental spiritual health is a real thing. Some of you have mental health issues because you have poor spiritual mental health. You haven't put on the mind of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10 says, oh, I already read that one. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says this. says, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach God? Look, listen to this. Watch what happens to your mind. Oh, I'm about to blow your mind. But we, the people of God, understand these things. What things? The things that the Lord thinks. Why? For we have the mind. We have the mind of Christ. I don't know how smart you are. I got a couple of friends with more degrees than a thermometer. You know, they got, they got, so, they got so much education. I would love to be inside their brilliant mind. But there is no one's mind that I would want to have more than the mind of Christ. It says, it says that who can know the Lord's thoughts? We don't know. I do know that. We can. Why? Because we have the mind of Christ. Some of you have the mind of man, and that's why you're so limited in your faith. You won't take a step. You won't take a step because you don't even know what God thinks about you. You only think about you what you think about you, and you have not put on the mind of Christ. It's not your soul. It's not your salvation that's at stake. Your heart is fine, but your mind ain't right. Your mind ain't right. You got to be the bounty hunter. You got to take every thought captive. You got to conquer the thought life. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray over your thought life right now. This is not the closing, but I want you to put your hand on your head right now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over my thought life. Even though I walk and live in the flesh, I am not carrying out my warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Put your hand on your head at both of our locations. For the weapons of my warfare are not physical, weapons of the flesh and, or, and blood, but they are mighty before God to overthrow and destroy strongholds. I refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God, and I lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one in Jesus name. Be set free in Jesus name right now. Be set free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Your mind is so important. It's your thoughts are so important. The music you listen to is so important. The television you consume is so important. The amount of time you spend scrolling on the internet is so important. Why? Because you end up using your mind that is a weapon against the enemy as a weapon for the enemy. Because you're not putting on the mind of Christ. And the mind is our muscle to develop. I just don't know, Pastor. I just, she was there. She's not my wife. I just did. I just, my, my mind. No. You put on the mind of Christ. You take that thought captive. You say, no, 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 not today. Not today, devil. And it is a daily battle. This is not something that you get set free from and it goes away. And I'm No, no. Your mind is continually trying to exercise the, 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 the power that it has over your soul. But you have to put every thought captive. You have to take on the mind of Christ. I'm not saying you don't need to go see a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm not saying you don't need to take medicine. What I'm telling you is this, is no medicine and no psychiatrist can replace putting on the mind of Christ. It's very important that we put on the mind of Christ. Your thought life has to be pure and holy and righteous. It's what it says in that first verse in Ephesians. It says, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put on your new nature. 
You got to conquer your thought life. You got to conquer your, you can't see my brain. The, the next thing is this, is you can't see my bones. You can't see my bones right now. Ezekiel 37, prophet is sent to a valley of dry bones. This is what the Lord says. Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. I don't know if you can relate. Dead, dry bones. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you. It's one thing to have the, the mind of God. Then you could have the spirit of God as well. And you will live again. Some of you need a resurrection today. I am the Lord. And I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Just like the prodigal son did. Then you will know that I am Lord. And I have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. When you see a hopeless situation, God sees an army. Those bones became an army. When you see bones, God sees an army. When you see destruction, when you, when you see defeat, when you see all the things that it could be, and you wonder what happened to those bones, God says, prophesy to those bones. And if you're not dead, God's not done. So keep prophesying. You know, when you go to purchase a home, if it's an older home, you know what the real estate agent tells you. They're like, you need this, you need that. But it's got good, it's got good bones. What does that mean? That means that you're going to have to get up there and scrape that popcorn from 1970 off the ceiling. You might have to change a few light fixtures. You might have to repair a few things, but it's got good bones. The foundation is good. That's what I love about this church. We got good bones. I stand on the legacy of three generation of Assemblies of God preachers. I got, got good bones. I'm, I'm, I'm just standing on their show. I'm humbled that I, I could come from that kind of lineage. I've got good bones. This church has good bones. There have been prophecies over this church that have yet to be fulfilled. It's got good bones. When I, when I, when I walk this property and I walk the Apex campus, I know that we are not done yet. I know that God is not finished yet. And that what I see as bones, God sees as an army. And he says, prophesy to those bones. So I'm going to begin to prophesy to this place and to the Apex campus that we would become all that God wants us to be. And I need you to fast and pray with me because this church, this East Campus property is on the market right now. And we are very close to, to, to seeing breakthrough. We've been back and forth with an organization, and I believe this will be monumentally transformative for the future of our church. And when I say the future of our church, it's also the future of your life. Because when we get out of debt as a church, we get out of debt as a people. When the lid gets lifted off of a church, the lid gets lifted off of you. It's very spiritual what will take place when, when we burn the mortgage here. And it's not to, to be, uh, you know, lofty or prideful. It's because I want to see you set free. And if, if you can't, if, if we can't be set free as a church, I don't know if we'll, you'll ever reach to the full potential of your freedom as a people. It will, the lid will come off this place. 
And I need you to fast and pray because we are getting really, really, really close. It's getting to the nitty-gritty of the contract, you know, way above my pay grade, you know. My mind is like rolling around here. Oh, send the real estate. Thank God for the real estate broker. But I need you to fast and pray this week that the deal would be done and that we would be able to stand before you with a plan and execution. That doesn't mean we're going to have a new building tomorrow, so just hold your horses. It's a long, long process. But what I'm telling you is I just need you to pray because I see bones, but I know God sees an army. I see bones, but I know God sees an army. We are not done. And without debt, we could take this city so much faster. We'll still take the city, but we're going to take it faster without debt. I'll tell you that right now. It just slows us down a little bit. You can't see my brain. You can't see my bones. The, the third thing is this, is you can't see my breath. Praise God. My wife always, she's like, you need to go brush your teeth back there. I'm like, thank, thank you for loving me so much. No one else is honest with me like that. So I'm always like carrying all this, you know, spray and mints. And like, oh. How about now? You can't see my breath. You can't see my brain. You can't see my bones. You can't see my breath. Breath comes from my lungs. And it's interesting in Job 33, I love this verse, 33, verse 4, Job 33, 33 chapters into Job's life. If you know the life of Job, you know we're deep into his life right here. It says, for the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Now, it's, that's a very encouraging verse, but it's not what it says as a matter of, it's more important who is saying it. We have a guy who got everything stripped away from him, who has nothing. Literally, dogs are licking sores off of his arms, and he is saying that God's breath gives him life. You know what Job realized that I think we need to realize? Is that even if we don't have anything, the actual act of breathing, exhaling, and inhaling is a miracle from God in itself. And it's enough to give him praise for. This action right here, that is miraculous. You can't do that. You can't put oxygen in your own lungs and produce that. That has to be God. So even if everything went away from me, even if everything was taken away, I'm still experiencing the miraculous. I'm still experiencing the miraculous. <gasps> Miracles right there. You can't see my breath. But Job was able, God could take everything from me. But as long as I have breath, I will praise him. I will not let the rocks cry out in my place. So I know some of you have gone through hell this week. I've had more meetings this week where people are going through literal hell. But you're still breathing. And the fact that you are breathing, I can't see it but I know it's working. I know at our Apex campus, there are people going through some things right now, very tough situations, but you're breathing. So when I wake up, as long as I'm alive, I will give God some praise. All right. Can't see my brain. Praise God for that. You can't see my bones. Praise God for that. You can't see my breath. Praise God for that. The last in closing illustration as the keyboard come the keyboard player comes is is uh, you can't see my blood you can't see my blood i feel like a rapper today like you can't see my brain you can't see my bones you can't see my breath and you can't see my blood hey <laughs> album drops at midnight you know you, you you can't you can't see my blood this is very interesting to me Ephesians 2:13 says, "You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ." What brings me near to God? 
the blood of Christ. This is very interesting. What brings me near? The blood of Christ brings me near. What brought you near to God? Nothing you did brought you near, but the blood of Christ brought you near. So I got the mind of Christ. I got the breath of God. I got bones that he prophesies to, and I have his blood running through my veins. What a good God we serve. I'm about to start preaching right here. That was just my opening. It was just my opening. A couple weeks ago, we were getting our life insurance policy updated. Praise God for insurance policies, you know. And uh, just in case anyone, you know, tries to take me out, at least my wife will be happy. You know what I'm saying? We go to the thing, and it's like getting a mortgage. you got to answer all these questions about yourself and smoke, drink, you know, eat. Yeah, I eat. What kind of, you know, all this stuff, healthy, not healthy, all this stuff, you know. And then as if the questionnaire wasn't enough, even though it was strenuous and invasive and and, and, you know, it's just a pain to do all this stuff. They needed uh, to do blood testing. I told you already, I don't smoke. I told you I don't drink. I told you I don't got any diseases. Is my word not enough? And she says, no, I got I to gotta know based on what's inside of you. So we did the thing. They wrapped, they wrapped, they wrapped the, you know, they wrapped the thing around you. And they put the thing and they drew the blood. And I was thinking to myself about this blood test. And I was thinking about how if this blood comes back with any type of disease or dysfunction, if this blood comes back with any type of um, inconsistencies from what I said, they're not going to take my word for it. They're only going to base my policy off the quality of the blood. So I could say I'm cancer-free, but if the blood has cancer, you know, what I said doesn't line up with what I have. You know what I'm saying? And so here's the deal. Your blood, (laughs) you're a child of God. And your blood is actually running through the bloodline of God as sons of Abraham and as children of God. So... When they, when, they valued the, when they valued the policy, they valued how much money my family would receive if I died suddenly based on the quality of my blood. My wife is way rich if I die, y'all. Let me say right now, don't be hitting her up, all right? We got bills to pay, but man, if she'd be set. Why? Because the quality of my blood was indicative of the amount that they would allow and justify to pay. Do you know how expensive the blood is that you are carrying inside of you? Do you know what the policy is? It's eternity. Christ died for you so that you could have his blood running inside of you. So when you get up in the morning, you don't look at your own blood. You look at the blood of Christ that covers all the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The spotless Lamb, the righteous Lamb, the Lamb without blemish. By his stripes you are healed. I came to declare to someone today, the blood of Jesus is what makes us holy. Take a policy out. A policy that lasts forever. On the cross when he died, his blood was shed for you and for me. Why? Because there's only one way for you 
to receive the inheritance of eternal life. There's only one way for the payout of that policy to happen. The only way for the payout of that policy is someone has to die. And my, my God sent his son Jesus to die for you. So when you go to work and you see you, that's not the real you. Because the thing that you can't see is the mind of Christ that's inside of you. The breath of God that's inside of you. The bones that God has prophesied to. And the blood of Jesus that saved my soul. What a good God we serve that he wouldn't rely on me. It will never lose its power. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? It will never lose its power. <laughs> Y'all don't know the song, but you got to know. It's, it's the blood of Jesus. You cannot save you. Only Jesus knows the real you and can save the real you. So my encouragement to you today at both of our campus, campuses is for you to put on the mind of Christ, to allow him to prophesy to the bones in your life that you see hopeless, dead, and you have left for dead. He's going to take you to that valley and he's going to say, prophesy to these bones. Because where you see bones, God sees an army. You have the spirit of God inside you, the ruach, which means the wind of God or the breath of God. That is what's inside your lungs. You cannot produce that oxygen on your own. God had to create the system that you are currently exercising. You're already experiencing the miraculous. I'm waiting for my miracle. It's right there. That's a miracle. And your soul has been saved by the blood of of Christ. At both of our locations, would you stand to your feet today? And let's just thank God for his word. Come on, at both of our campuses, let's clap our hands. Let's thank God for his word. The blood of Jesus takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. He saved you. He set you free. He took you out of the miry clay. Inside your bloodline is eternity. At both of our locations, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you need to know that the blood of Christ did not stop short. It covers you too. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to those who give generously to make this ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at My Focus Church. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.